How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. Super good to be back here with you. Uh, yesterday, I had a baby. <laughs> uh, I didn't have a baby. My wife had a baby. We had a baby. We added a fifth team member to the Lopes family team. Um, super exciting, man. My wife did a great job. We went to the hospital and she just like, she did it. It's always crazy, dude. Like watching your wife have birth a child is um, insane. I, I know many of you guys listening have like been it there in the room as your little ones have popped out. <laughs> that sounds weird. Um, but it's just a miracle, man. Every time I watch that, it's the third time I've seen that. I'm just like, what the heck is happening right now? This is amazing. This is insane. Um, yeah, God's good, man. So anyway, so many of you have on the, in the closed Facebook group, our dad tired closed Facebook group and over on Instagram, just super, super encouraging and, uh, just sending all kinds of encouraging notes. So thank you for being there and being supportive as we, um, welcomed our third little, uh, baby. Ella, Ella Sari, which is Layla's Persian middle name, Ella Sari Lopes. She was nine pounds, three ounces, big baby girl. So that was super fun. Uh, yeah, today we're talking about, on this podcast, we're going to talk about discipleship or family devotional time in 30 seconds, not 30 minutes. So that's the point that we want to talk about today. That's like the one phrase, if you remember anything from today's episode, it's that discipleship takes 30 seconds, not 30 minutes. And I'll explain that and get into that in a few minutes. But I do want to cover two quick things before we dive into all of uh, the episode today. The first thing is there's still spots left on the Dad Tired Marriage Cruise in 2020. Um, And I would love to have you part of that. The new baby girl who just was born uh, will most likely be there along with the rest of my family. Um, and we're just going to hang out and talk about Jesus. It'll be a dad tired marriage, um, like conference, but in the context of a cruise setting. So we'll kind of break up the sessions and we'll do, we'll talk about Jesus and what it looks like to fall in love with Jesus and to build a legacy and to, um, you know, have a family and a marriage that is centered and surrounded and, uh, by Christ and, really feeling like you're equipped to love your spouse well and to also point your kids towards Jesus. So that's what we'll be talking about. But again, that's in the context of a cruise. So we'll do some sessions in the morning. We'll enjoy a cruise together. Let's come back and do some sessions at night. Um, But the cruise really, depending on what kind of room you book, it doesn't have to be that expensive, especially because we're over a year away from it. So if you start to put down the deposit now and make those payments every month, it really is a super affordable way to have a good family vacation or marriage um, getaway while also hopefully being equipped to fall more in love with Jesus and to lead your family to do the same. So that's what we're trying to do on the cruise. If you haven't gone and signed up for that, there are are some more spots left for that, but I do highly encourage you to sign up for that. Go to dadtire.com forward slash cruise so you can sign up for that. Uh, This weekend was also Black Friday. If you're listening to this, it's Cyber Monday. Uh, So you're probably in shopping mode or maybe you're avoiding it altogether. We weren't really like into it this year um, because Uh, Well, we were at the hospital having a baby, but if you're like looking for good gifts, can I recommend again to you? I I told you about it last week, but um, Swagtron makes these super cool electric bikes and scooters, really, really fun stuff for both 
dads and kids and even moms if that's uh, if you're into that, which is super fun. I can't get Layla to get on one uh, mainly because she was pregnant and they go way too fast. I got mine up to 21 miles per hour <laughs> the other day, um, which is probably dangerous, um, but I had a lot of fun. I ride it around all over town. Really good way to like save money and save on gas too. I'm finding I'm like running all my errands on this little electric bike. So if you haven't got one of these or looked at one of these, I highly recommend that you go to swagtron.com, check out all their electric bikes. You can use the promo code DADTIRED at checkout and they'll give you 5% off your entire order. Uh, swagtron.com, use the promo code DADTIRED to get 5% off your entire order. So a lot of you guys probably don't know this, um, but I actually spent 12 years pastoring in the church world. And um, for the last, I don't know, like five or six years of those uh, church world ministry years, I was actually what was called a community discipleship pastor. And mainly my role was to help equip the church to disciple uh, other people. Um, Jesus's command was to go into all the world to make disciples. And so we're trying to figure out, okay, how do you actually make disciples and what does that look like? And so I was trying to help equip people to do that, to like go out into the world and make disciples. What I found was, um, as I was trying to help equip people to go into the world to make disciples is that none of us really knew how. <laughs> uh, it's one thing to like read in scripture that Jesus uh, made disciples. He had 12 disciples that followed him around. He taught them things. But how do you translate that to 2018, 2019, where you're actually like making disciples uh, in our normal Western American context? And what I was finding was that people are often, including myself and the church and, and every church I've worked at and every church I've really been a part of, what, what was happening was people were trying to shortcut the discipleship process and just saying like, can we just go through a book together? Can we meet once a week? Is there some kind of dis- study we can go through or DVD series or program that we can follow that would help us make disciples? Because really you're trying to measure church growth like you should be <laughs> through, through discipleship. Uh, are we actually making disciples? That should, should be every church's measure of success. Are we helping people fall in love with Jesus and help that help other people fall in love with Jesus? Not uh, how big the church is growing or uh, you know how much money people are bringing in through tithe or whatever. Um, was our worship set awesome? Did we have enough fog machines and all that stuff? That is not church success. Really, church success should only be measured on, are we making disciples who can make disciples? Um, but as a way to kind of justify um, jobs really within the church context, especially as a church, as a discipleship pastor, like, you know, when you sit down and and you're being evaluated as a pastor in your job, like, are you doing what you're supposed to do? Well, you want to have like measurements, right? Like you want to be able to say, yes, this many people uh, are growing in their discipleship process and helping other people grow as disciples, which is really weird in the church context, you know, and and like in Christian context, like, how do you measure spiritual growth? Um, how do you know when you're like doing a good job and a bad job? I don't even have control over people's spiritual growth, really. Like that's up to the Holy Spirit. And so it's a church like leadership in general um, is kind of a weird thing. Um, and before I go off in too much of a tangent on that and kind of turn it into a whole separate podcast, I'll spare you from that. But it is kind of an interesting thing. But what I found was we were often trying to shortcut the process in in order that we would have more results to show. And so if you could say, well, I met with this guy or these group of guys every week 
every Tuesday morning we met at Starbucks and we went through this devotional, then that's like something measurable that you could check off. Or look how many people went through this DVD series or this study um, or through this program, this discipleship program that we have. And, uh, and then we can kind of measure off, we can count numerically and really start to feel like we have success. But the, the problem is, um, it's not what Jesus <laughs> or the Bible describes as discipleship. And what I found is, uh, now working with dads and with men and husbands, is we often um, want the same thing that the church hat wanted, and that's to find quick, measurable success. And so we think, when we think through the context of how do we make disciples of our children, um, we don't really know where to begin. And so we're, we look to things like books and devotionals and to studies and programs. Can we put our kids in something? Can we give them a school or a church or a program or a devotional? Something that we can say, okay, they've gone through some kind of tangible thing in hopes that they're falling more in love with Jesus. Um, because the truth is we as dads, like we want that. We want to uh, I, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm confident that you want to like see your kids fall in love with Jesus and to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus, follow the ways of Jesus. And, and you're trying to figure out, okay, how do I do that? That's really for all of us as dads. Like, can we do that? Can we figure out how to make disciples uh, and passionate followers of Jesus as their dad? Um, and it's hard. And the, the reality is most of us, uh, even if you had a dad around, he probably was not intentional uh, about helping you figure out what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. That's the thing that I found most interesting as I worked in the church world is like, even if you say, what is a disciple and how do you make disciples? Um, well, most people have no idea what that means and or how to go about doing it which is crazy because it's the one thing that Jesus told his disciples to do. And yet really none of us uh, that I have found know how to do that. And then especially as dads, we don't know how to make disciples. And so what often turns into is, you know, give me a book or a devotional that I can walk my kids through. And that plays out to be true every week as people send me messages and say, do you have a devotional or a book that I can uh, go through with my children to help them become a disciple of Christ? Um, and the, the reality is I do. I do have books that I think are, are helpful, devotionals that are helpful, but I don't think um, we are asking the question right. And so that's what I mean when I started the introduction of this podcast by saying um, discipleship uh, and and devotionals happen in the context of 30 seconds, not 30 minutes. So when we think of devotional time and when we think of making disciples of our children, we often think of 30-minute devotional or 15-minute devotional times where we sit down and we read a book or we go through some kind of story or activity with our kid. And it's just not what we see in Scripture. So let me explain to you what I mean by that. Um, Jesus's last command to his disciples was to go, Matthew 28 says this, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. That's what Jesus' last commandment was to his disciples. Now, what's interesting about that is none of his disciples, nowhere do we see in scripture where his disciples say, cool, how do you do that? Um, none of them were like questioning, uh, that sounds great, Jesus, but how do you do that? Which is fascinating because that's really what most church staff discussions are talking about when we say, okay, how do we make disciples of Jesus in the context of our local church? Most of us as pastors and leaders are saying, okay, how do we do that? Because we don't know how, but the disciples didn't ask, how do we do that? In fact, they just 
they it was like they got it and they went after you start to read the book of acts and they just started to make disciples i think the answer um the reason that we see them have this clarity about making disciples who fall in love with Jesus and who obey the commands of Jesus is actually right there in the text. If you translated that text um, directly and accurately, it would actually say, Jesus would actually be saying, instead of saying, therefore go into the world, um, the actual translation would say, as you go, make disciples. And that would have made a lot more sense to the disciples, this as you go. Because this is what we see Jesus doing all throughout scripture. We see him discipling and teaching as they went. Here's what you don't find. <laughs> you don't find Jesus showing up to some fishermen and saying like, hey, Peter, um, are you interested in meeting with me at the local coffee shop once a week and we can go through the study and we'll just like, I'll, I'll ask you some really personal, sometimes awkward questions. And then we'll talk about what it means to follow me. And then you'll like go the rest of your life, but we'll meet every Tuesday and we'll, we'll just like go through that and drink tea or whatever uh, they would have done back then. You don't see that. Um, what you see is, are you willing to lay down your job, your life, set down your nets, uh, no longer be fishers of fish, but now be fishers of men, which means like, are you willing to change everything about your life to come follow me? And as we go, I'm going to teach you how to make disciples or be a fisher of men, how to, how to fall in love with me and help other people fall in love with me. Jesus was always teaching. You read, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus was always teaching in the context of real life. Now, that isn't to say that Jesus wasn't actually sitting down and studying scriptures all throughout the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Do we see Jesus referring to scriptures, teaching the scriptures in the synagogue? But what he's doing is he's pairing those scriptures to real life context. Uh, he's, he's not abandoning the scriptures. And so that's not what I mean when I say like, don't sit down and do these 15 minutes or 30 minute devotionals. I'm not saying to abandon the scriptures. I'm saying discipleship doesn't just ha- happen in the context of reading scriptures. It happens in the context of taking those scriptures, which is really information inspired by the Holy Spirit, but then lived out and learned in the context of real life, practical stuff. And so all throughout the scriptures, you see Jesus like showing up to a woman in the well, or you see Jesus like walking in the field and and uh, healing on the Sabbath, or teaching about the grains uh, or the wheat, like or water or fish. Like he's always and fishing, right? Like he's taking all of these normal context of life as they're walking, as they're eating, as they're learning, as they're fishing, and he's pairing the truths of scripture with real life, which makes sense. If you think back to Deuteronomy 6, which is Moses, when he says, listen to this, Deuteronomy 6, 4 says this, Hear, O Israel, this is Moses, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This is what he tells dads. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Verse 7, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. When Moses is teaching parents how to disciple kids, he's saying, step one, fall in love with Jesus. 
be madly in love with Jesus, love the, or he would have said God or Yahweh, you know, but love the Lord, your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your strength. That's step number one of making disciples, uh, for your children. And step two, talk about these things, the things of God, every chance you get. Impress them on your children when you sit at your house and when you're walking along the road and when you lie down and when you get up and put them around your house. Like everything you do, point your kids back to Jesus. Because in the context of both Jesus' ministry with his disciples and what Moses was saying to his listeners was this discipleship happens in the context of little 30 second teachable moments, not 30 minute sermons. Now, listen, of course, Jesus probably would have taught for 30 minutes and he would have used real life situation. I don't know the time, but the principle of what I'm trying to say is this. You don't need to be some Bible expert who puts on this amazing sermon for your kids for 15 minutes or 30 minutes every night. What you need to do is to read the scriptures, to fall in love with God, and then look for every possible way, every 30 second teachable moment to point your kids back to the truths of the scripture. Scripture. This is what discipleship looks like. This is what family discipleship looks like. This is what devotional time should look like. It's not 30-minute devotional time. It's devotions in the context of quick 30-second teachable moments where you're pointing your kids back to the truths of the Scripture. All right, so let me put this in the context of like real life for you and and how this actually works in our family. Um, A couple nights ago, I was reading the story of Matthew 7 uh, with my kids and we were just reading through scripture together. And in one of the passages, Jesus is talking about narrow is the road to follow him. Wide is the path to destruction and, and narrow is the road to follow him. And, G- and, and Elijah was asking, what does that mean? Like, what, what does it mean when Jesus says that wide is the path to destruction and narrow is the road to follow him and few people will find it? And, and I was trying to tell him that. I said, son, following Jesus is hard. Um, it, it's not easy to follow Jesus. He's going to require much of you. And so a lot of people will choose to hear about Jesus and to choose not to follow him because it's hard. And that's what Jesus means when he says narrow is that door, narrow is that path. Few people will find it. Much more people will choose the wide road, the, the easier route, the way of doing the whatever they want to do and, and choosing to live the way that they want to live and choosing to be their own God instead of submitting their lives to the God of the universe. And he just couldn't wrap his head around that. He was like, that doesn't make any sense, daddy. Like, why is it hard to follow God? Like, it's easy to follow God. I don't understand. Uh, you know, why would anybody choose a wide, the wide, easy path? It's, it's easy to follow God. Why wouldn't that be the wide path? And I was trying to explain to him, you know, that it, it, it's not easy. It's hard, but he just couldn't quite grasp it. Two days later, we uh, were at the YMCA. I do a workout class, came back, picked him up from childcare, and I could just tell something. As soon as I walked in the room, I could just tell we made eye contact and something was off. And the teacher actually pulled me aside and said, you know, Elijah was actually having a really hard day. He was a little bit disobedient. He and some uh, of the other kids kind of got into it, and which is like 
not likely of Elijah. He really is a really responsible, uh, well-behaved son. So uh, it surprised me. It took me, it caught me off guard. My first reaction was just like, want to be mad. Like, how could he, I shouldn't be getting pulled aside. I was kind of embarrassed, which like I've always said, anger is never our first emotion, right? So I was angry first and I thought what's actually going on. And what was actually going on is I felt kind of embarrassed that my kid was the one that was causing some trouble. So I had to address that issue first in my own, my own heart. Um, but then when we got in the car, I, just, I wanted to like, let my anger set aside and just ask like, son, what's up? Like, what, what happened today, man? And he started to tell me that there was some kids there who were really bullying him and were picking on him and kind of making fun of him in front, in front of the rest of the class. And he felt embarrassed. And instead of, you know, going to a teacher and saying that he was embarrassed and felt like they were picking on him, he just chose to be really mean to them and, uh, and to say kind of bad words and not listen to the teacher. And so, uh, he was saying that like, as he was like, really, I could tell he was still really angry. And he said, I just wanted to, I wanted to hurt them with my words. I wanted to make them feel worse than they were making me feel. And I, I said, dude, I get that. Like, I, I totally understand that feeling. I've felt that before where people have done me wrong and I've definitely wanted to make them feel wrong. And I said, son, do you, do you know that the Bible actually says that we should pray for our enemies? Jesus says that it's easy to love people that love you, but it's hard to love people who persecute you. It's hard to love people who are your enemies. And Jesus would say he actually wants you to pray for them and to love them and to turn your other cheek. So if they do wrong to you, that's okay. You continue to submit your life and to lay your life down. And he was just like, what in the world? How He literally said, how in the world could I pray for them? How in the world could I forgive them? I'm just so mad at them. Like I, I want to, he kept saying, I want to make them feel worse than they made me feel. And I said, son, I get it. I said, I said, dude, this is what Jesus meant when we talked about the other day, that wide is the path. It's easy to do the wrong thing back to them. It's easy to just go with what your heart is feeling to say, I want to make them feel bad. I want to get revenge. I want to do wrong to them. I want to say hurtful words. That's an easy, wide path. I said the hard path, the narrow path is to say, you know what? Everything in me wants to be mean to them, but I'm going to choose to follow the way of Jesus. And the way of Jesus lays my life down. It turns the other cheek and it forgives them. Even the people who are mad at, even my enemies, I want I want to choose the way of Jesus and forgive them. Uh, and as we were going to bed that night, I, I kind of left it at that, let him just sink into that that truth of the scriptures, kind of sink into his heart. I didn't bring it up. We ate dinner. like We, we spent the rest of the night. I didn't bring it up again. And as I was putting him to bed that night, I was just rubbing his head kind of tucking him in. And I said, son, I want you to pray tonight. And I want you to choose whether you want to take the narrow path or you want to take the wide path. Because I'm telling you, following Jesus is hard and it will cost you a lot. And I want you to really decide, do you want to take that easy path, which is wide? A lot of people choose to take it. Or do you want to take the hard path? The one that says, I'm going to give up the way that I want to feel me being my own God. And I want to follow the ways of God. I kissed his forehead and went to bed. And the next morning we woke up and we were eating a bowl of cereal. And I said, uh, son, did you have a chance to think about um, what path you want to take? And he just sat quietly and he said, daddy, I want to take the narrow path. I want to follow the way of Jesus. And dude, I'm telling you, like uh, I could have lost it. I'm trying not to get choked up. Just think about it right now. Um, but man, that to me, means so much more than like saying a prayer for my son uh, that he repeats after me so that he would go to heaven one day. Deeper than that, which by the way is nowhere in scripture, deeper than that, my son made the conscious decision to say, 
Uh, I am going to lay my life down, my own sinful way, which is easy. Everything in my flesh wants to go and follow after the things that I desire, but I'm going to choose the narrow path to count the cost of following Jesus. And listen, he'll have to do that a hundred, a thousand more times in his little life of choosing to figure out what it means to lay his life down, to count the cost of following the way of Jesus. But it was such a huge moment for me. And that is the context of making disciples. It was a bunch of 30 second moments where I'm trying to take what we learned in scripture as we sat in the room and kind of read Matthew 7 and the kids were playing Legos and not really listening, kind of listening. You know, it wasn't a quote unquote like great devotional time, but we learned a piece of truth in scripture. And then I used as many 30 second opportunities as I could to point my kids back, to point my son back to the truth of that scripture. And this is what I mean when I say discipleship, family devotionals take 30 seconds, not 30 minutes. It takes a bunch of 30 second times to continue to point your kids back to the truths of scripture. So uh, I would say focus less on trying to come up with these elaborate, beautifully planned family devotional times because, dude, you'll actually find yourself discouraged because your kids can't sit for 15 minutes or 30 minutes and just listen to the Bible. It's really, really hard for them. Um, Of course, they can get to that point, but it's hard. It's hard for even us to do that. But Press in, like read devotionals, do what you need to do, but take the truth of that and as many times throughout their life, as many times throughout the day and week, point them back to that truth of scripture over a bunch of 30 second teachable moments. So here's my challenge to you. Uh, here's what I would ask you to step into this week. Um, I want you to read a passage of scripture or and or pick a family devotional uh, or a devotional book and I want you to read that And then find the one main point. Uh, Even if you just read one this week, one passage of scripture and one devotional, just pick one if you have to, if it feels overwhelming to, pick one and then figure out what is the main core truth of this piece of scripture um, that either the scripture is pointing us to or the devotional is pointing us to. What's the main point? And then look for as many 30 second teachable moments where you can point your kids back to that truth. Now, listen, your kids are going to give you tons of opportunity to point them back to that truth. Our kids are rebellious and they're disobedient and they don't know what it looks like to follow Jesus fully yet. And so they will give you plenty of opportunity. And if you pray like, God, will you give me an opportunity to point my kids back to this truth this week? I promise you the Holy Spirit will will allow you to join with him and the work that he's trying to do in your children's your child's heart. Pray, say, God, I want to partner with you and changing my child's heart back to you to redeem their heart back to you. And would you allow me to be part of that? And God will give you those opportunities to look for 30 second teachable moments to point your kids back to him. Listen, if that sounds intimidating to you, I'm going to put some um, devotionals, my favorite devotionals that we use in our house in the show notes link. So just click the show notes episode uh, right in your app that you're listening to or the webpage if you're listening to this online. And I'll just list a few of my favorite devotionals and books that we use to read to our kids every week. And again, just pick one of those. Pick one of the core principles that you learn from scripture or from the devotional and use as many 30-second teachable moments as you can uh, to point your kids back to that truth. 
bonus points uh, if you if you do this, if you decide to take this challenge and actually go for it. Uh, tell me, like, post a post on Instagram. Tell me what the story was, uh, and then just use the hashtag thirty second devotional. Uh, use the the number thirty three zero second devotional, just so I can kind of see what you guys are doing all week. I think that'd be really fun for us to kind of see how we're discipling our children. Uh, I know I've talked a lot. I know I kind of flew through this. I was talking fast because I really wanted to like get to this stuff and, and not have it be an hour podcast. But let me just end with this. Um, here's what's at stake. And this may be the most important thing that I'll say today. Here's, here's what's at stake. Um, if we don't do this, either one, number one, uh, we, we won't talk about Jesus at all. We won't read any devotionals to them. We won't mention scripture and Jesus and the truths of scripture to our kids every chance we get. We'll simply just take our kids to church on Sunday. And what will happen is they will quickly learn that the gospel has no practical meaning for the rest of their life. They are smart. This is why kids are flooding out of the church because they will learn that Sunday is just a time that they have to wake up early and go to some stale place where they learn about God, but it has no practical meaning for the rest of their life. Either that will happen or you'll read your devotional 15 minutes, 30 minutes a day, and your kids will learn to compartmentalize their faith. They will say that God has a certain category in my life. Uh, I read scripture at a certain time. We pray at a certain time. But other than that, God has no real bearing for the rest of my life. And we will fail our children if either of those scenarios end up playing out. What our kids need is not for us just to show them, to take them to church on Sunday to show up. And they don't just need a 15-minute devotional time. They need a daddy who will, like Moses said, fall madly in love with God and then use that love that you have for God by reading the scriptures, by asking God to draw your heart back to him, and then using every opportunity you get when you sit down and when you eat and when you walk and when you're driving in the car and when you're watching a basketball game, whatever you're doing, would you use every opportunity just like Jesus did to point people back to the way of Jesus? That's my prayer for us, man. And if we do that as men, we will raise passionate followers of Jesus, not kids who are well-behaved, who know to go to church and are simply moral people, but actual disciples of Christ who know what it, who knows what it looks like to take the truths of the gospel and apply them to everyday parts of their life. Brothers, spend the rest of your life falling in love with Jesus and using every opportunity possible to point your kids back to what it means to follow him. You make disciples as you go. In 30-second chunks, not 30-minute sermons. Discipleship takes 30 seconds, not 30 minutes. Um, Your children will fall in love with Jesus as you spend the next 18, 20, 30 years connecting Scripture to as many 30-second teachable moments as possible. I love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. As always, if this is helpful, make sure to subscribe, leave a review. I'll see you next week.